I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, you know what it is. It's The Big Douglas Show. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So hop in the comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, and today, uh, the guest is Ben Standing from The Athletic. Ben, how are you doing? Uh, Doug, I'm, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Always a pleasure to have you on. Let me, uh, Pete Hayner retired. Bunch of things on the list. Didn't think I'd see Pete Hayner retiring today, uh, but he did. And he probably doesn't get nearly enough credit for what he, you know, gave to the team the couple of years he was here. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, Pete Hayner was a fun assistant coach. Obviously, we don't really get to know the assistants nearly as well as we do Ron Rivera or maybe even some of the coordinators. They talk to us maybe a couple times a year at most. But Pete Hayner, when we would when we would be out at um, at the park for practice, the tight ends typically are practicing right in front of where we stand at the media. And Pete Hayner is the old school coach who does not hold back with his views and opinions. And it's a P, it's not a PG kind of a conversation that he's often having there with the players. And uh, you know he had Samus Reyes this year, obviously the ultimate project. And you know they he would get into it with him uh, in a you know. In, in the way we imagine that coaches kind of do with these guys. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you have to – he's been around for a long time. I guess to whatever degree you want to give him credit for Logan Thomas or or, or John Bates or Samus Reyes or other guys that he's had throughout his career. Sure. But, yeah, an interesting an interesting loss uh, today for them for sure. Uh, and longtime uh, assistant with Rivera Castillo, I guess, takes his spot already because I think people were interested uh, in that. So uh moving on ben i'm curious with the with the coding theory stuff and i know you were around them a lot i've been trying to nail this down did they give the organization an idea of what a successful uh appreciation was does that make sense like for, if 40 for, for the for the rollout for the name did okay. coding theory kind of give the franchise like listen you're never getting 100 percent you're probably not getting 50%. What was a good number? Like, what was a good percentage reaction? Did Code and Theory have an idea on that? Like, did they say to the franchise, hey, you get 30% of the people to love commanders, you really hit it out of the park? Yeah, I, I don't know if they gave them that. I know Jason Wright, I believe, like, I was not at the uh, renaming ceremony because I was at, at the Senior Bowl. But if I saw correctly, Jason Wright said something that, like, their information showed that, like, 80% of the fan base was not happy making the name change. So if you go off of that, then sure, getting even 30% to say we're good with the commanders is get you getting back some of those people. So I guess that's one way to, to, to look at it. I mean, I think everybody knew, including Jason Wright, that they were up against it no matter what the name, the new name would be because, you know, people didn't want to get rid of it, which I understand as somebody, I understand all the reasons why to be get to they needed needed to go as somebody who grew up here, uh, you know it, it, it just it, it just hits differently. So I get why people were, were upset. Um, but the the issue is that the in my opinion is just like any product, you're going to change Coke in Pepsi. You're going to put out McDonald's. It's going to put something new on the menu. You can tell how I my diet by the two things I just mentioned. Um, <laughs> that you got to sell it. You gotta, you gotta make me want to get this product, and it needs to be a clean rollout. And obviously, they haven't had that in any way, shape, or form. So it only, it only, I think, has people probably digging in even more. So I don't know what percentage of people 
they needed to hit to feel like it was a success, but I'm going to bet they didn't probably get there. What is it about the franchise? And I mean, I know it's easy to say Dan Snyder, but I mean, they brought in a lot of smart people, uh, Jason Wright included, and they really kind of blown a bunch of these things recently. And, and that's with Dan Snyder not supposedly being involved in these things. What What is it that just, you know, I mean, from the, from the Sean Taylor, you know, Porto potty fiasco to some of the other things, these are really bright guys that just seem to not hit the mark. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's best intentions and then there's the result. And I think that like, you know, you mentioned the Sean Taylor thing, the Porta potty thing is, is inexcusable regardless. I mean, I don't care what, you know, what the, what, what it is, you don't have to have any experience in doing anything. If you're taking a family photo, you're not going to do it in front of the porta potties unless that's some sort of an inside joke. So it doesn't really matter why anybody. It just makes no sense. But even in the broader context of not identifying, as apparently they didn't, that the Sean Taylor situation was at a different level than just hey, we want to honor a former player, uh, the, and they didn't clearly recognize that based on the little the, the little amount of time they gave. And over and over again, these types of issues have come up. So some of it is just the nature of people like Jason Wright. Yes, he played in the NFL, but had not been part of an NFL organization for some time, had not run an organization. And a lot a lot of the people that he had hired also had not nothing to do with NFL organizations and therefore maybe don't understand the rhythms, what's important, what matters, you know, et cetera. And then to really also understand this particular fan base, because this is the one that you're serving, I think that's just a lot of the mistakes there but to the larger point why do these things keep happening uh, look i mean at, in any corporation I, i've never seen this not this not be true everything starts at the top doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter if dan snyder is involved or not his his even in absence his absence sets the tone for what's to come are you telling the people hey jason right just so you know these are the things that are important or when you hire people, I need you to make sure that half your staff are people who either are from the who are from the past of this organization, have been in the league, whatever it may be. And, you know, all these things go from from there. It even reflects on the football side in that, you know, Ron Rivera. I'm, this is not a criticism of Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera was given all this power, coach and overseeing the front office. He had never done it before. Now, we'll see if it ultimately works out. You can we can debate the success so far, but that only happened because Dan Snyder chose for that to happen, and as opposed to saying we want a GM and whatever. So you know, all the choices ultimately go back to ownership, no matter who's doing it under him. But at the same point, come on, like I just don't understand why some of these issues it, it doesn't seem that complicated um, to, to 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 do. Uh, you you mentioned Dan. I, I'm curious your thoughts here. The NFL gave him a loan, essentially, so he could buy the franchise or the you know ninety percent, whatever it is now. Did that? Did they actually make it easier to take the team and sell it? I mean, I, I not take the team because I understand what what's required to do that, but he owns all of it. So if they're selling, does this actually make it easier for the league? Um, you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. If he owns. 60% and somebody else owns 40 and the 40 guy doesn't want to, to deal, then right. you have to deal with that factor. Perhaps um, I barely can ba balance my own bank account, let alone know the finances of, of, of what we're talking about here. Okay. So, so, so perhaps I just think ultimately 
you know, they've got to figure out a lot of other issues with this organization, including Dan Snyder. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it makes it life easier if you only have to deal with one person as opposed to four people, which would have been the case before. But, you know, you would imagine that everybody else would get in line. I guess the only question would have been like if one of the other mi- minority partners wanted to be wanted to purchase the team outright and the league said, no, we want to give it to somebody else or sell it to somebody else. Maybe there's some issue there that that doesn't exist now, but yeah, I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, if the, if that, I, I, if that, if that's the biggest hurdle, I think they would accept that as opposed to where yes, things are at. Yeah, correct. Uh, you brought up Rivera. How do you think the organization feels he's doing? What kind of timetable is he at? I mean, it seems odd to think that his seat would be hot, but again, I mean, where, where do you, it's, it's a, uh, he's got, you mentioned he has all the power. So I'm, I'm just curious where the organization sees him and what kind of, you know, rope he's got, if you will. Sure. I mean, I don't get any, I don't, I don't get any sense that he's in any kind of danger. Um, I, Dan Snyder is not, uh, you know, we, we haven't talked like recently, so I don't know what he's, what he's thinking. That's a, that's a joke. Uh, I've never talked to him. Um, or, is that true? Uh, He's on the other than a happy Thanksgiving press conference. I don't think I've been in a one where he's even been at. I did, like, as, I, as I said, I was not at the name change, so he was there, but he didn't take any questions at either of these things. So he's not, he's not been a talker since I've been on the beat. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, it's year two, you know, because we are all hyper focused on this team, it's easy to sort of get worked up over the highs and lows one way or the other. They're a Midland team. They've been a Midland team last year or in 2020. They obviously overachieved the way they finished. And, you know, it worked out that the rest of the rest of the division was terrible. So they won that division, but they seem to be ascending. And even this year, obviously, it, it started off frustrating. It never really got much better other than that four game winning streak. And, you know, it ended where it ended. But, you know, look, they still won seven games again, even with, um, losing Ryan Fitzpatrick in the first half of the first game and, and a bunch of other the injuries and so on. So, you know, there's, it, it, I wouldn't say it's like a disaster by any stretch, but you got to get a quarterback and, you know, I don't know how you're going to get one this time. And I think ultimately that's going to go a long way towards determining Ron Rivera's future. So I don't think he's in any trouble on any real level. Um, it's obviously an unpredictable situation with his owner, just based on his history, but typically he gives, you know, lately he's been giving his coaches some time. He obviously gave Jay Gruden plenty of time to uh, try to figure some things out. And, you know, I, so, yeah, I wouldn't think that he's in any trouble, but the quarterback thing is probably going to determine everything. Well, they call that a segue. Let's get into the quarterbacks. I mean, the big three that we're talking about here, Wilson, Rogers, and Watson, um, the, the tweet that blew up the world today, I mean, why they should be looking there should be is there anybody on the team that you would not trade for a quarterback that is a premier quarterback i would suggest that that's right i mean why wouldn't there be i don't think rogers is going anywhere do you uh, i don't think so i mean you know obviously i think everybody assumed he was gone before the year started based on his his comments and and other reporting out of green bay it doesn't seem it seems like things have been patched up to an extent and now it's just a matter of kind of his whims i think logically at at the level he's at it's not about money it's about legacy and his best chance to get back to the super bowl is without a question in green bay just based on 
they were the one seed. The rest of the NFC is obviously the Rams just won the Super Bowl, but the depth in the NFC is not that great, especially if Tom Brady stays retired. So he's got a better chance there versus goes to the AFC and you're dealing with facing Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and so on. So uh, to me, it makes sense he stays there. Uh, I listened to the interview you did with uh, Duger from Seattle. It doesn't sound like Wilson's going anywhere. That seems like a pipe dream if that's the sense you're getting to. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, like we could, it'll be a similar answer for all these quarterbacks in that I just think it's a very different landscape if you're a team these days than it was even a few years ago. Like even at the point when Washington couldn't figure out what to do with Kirk Cousins, you know, he didn't know what he was, you know, how good he was or whatever. I don't think that's even the debate anymore. The question now is, do you have a guy that if you're in a game can gives you gives you a chance to realistically win if you play that game over and over again? I understand that Kirk Cousins, just to use him as an example, is a Midland quarterback based on his career record, but he obviously is a better quarterback than most in the league. He's a top 15 quarterback, debate it wherever you want. Half the league would kill for that. And if you don't get if you get rid of that guy, how are you replacing him? And that's even more so when you're talking about a Russell Wilson, because obviously he's won a Super Bowl. He wasn't healthy last year, and, and that seemed to reflect in his performance. But, you know, I, it, it, also Pete Carroll, 70 years old. I, I don't get why he's wanting to rebuild, which is what you'd be doing. So, yeah, I, I don't buy that Seattle is going to move him. But Russell Wilson's a curious guy. And, you know, maybe Seattle sees diminishing returns. And if they do, you you get out high. But unless they – if they're still – believing they can have a shot to win the win it all with him, you're going to keep him. It's easy to understand why fans and people would say, you know, this particular organization can't touch Watson. Do you think if Watson said to Rivera, hey, let's do this, coach, they they do it? Because, frankly, other than the other two names, they keep talking about big swing, and we can have a discussion on why they would – why Rivera would do that, like – pump up the offseason with a big swing when there's not realistically big swings available is Watson the last big swing and do you think they'd take it um my sense I, I want to say at least before the senior bowl was that Washington would still be open to exploring Deshaun Watson if available that's not the same thing as saying that they ultimately would but that, that like whereas I say the Giants on the record ruled out Watson because they're going to go with Daniel Jones. Um, I don't, I don't think Washington's there, but beyond that, you're right. I mean, there really isn't, I mean, he, he is putting the legal side, uh, legal stuff aside and it's, I'm not dismissing. I'm just saying, if we put that over right. there, he's obviously a tremendous opportunity for any team, a, a, a quarterback in his, you know, a young quarterback in his mid twenties, who's been a pro bowl player. He obviously didn't play last year because he has you know, what 22 lawsuits pending against him from women alleging various forms of um, uh, 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 assault, uh, harassment, yeah. what, what, whatever, it, it, what it may be. Um, we'll have to see how that gets cleaned up. But football-wise, yes, it would make total total sense for, for them for sure. Beyond that, though, I mean, we'll just have to see. And, of course, if it makes sense for them, it makes sense for a lot of other teams. And that's the other part of this equation. It's not just like Washington is the one team who wants a quarterback, Denver needs Correct. one, uh, Pittsburgh needs one, the Saints need one. And then you have teams like the Eagles who technically have a quarterback in Jalen Hurts, but Watson or most of these guys would be an upgrade. They have the ammunition with three first round picks to go get it done. So 
you know, it's not like Washington can just say, hey, you know, we, we'd like that guy. What, oh, first round pick, good. We're good. Oh, well, let's move on now. And it's crazy because the Rams have shown you how important quarterback is. And every almost every team in the league could use a number grade. Very few. And uh, I, I found it fascinating, but it, but it pays off. Uh, let's let's run through some of the other guys. If there's not big swings and they still want to upgrade, let's kind of rapid fire some of these. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the next one. I mean, uh, when we had JP on, I think he told me a second and a third. This stuff about first round, there's no way they part. That's the whole point of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Is to get one of the get a upgrade, but not give up the first round. Now this morning, I don't know if you heard on Good Morning Football, they were talking about Trey Lance. Uh, teammates of his secretly saying he's not ready so maybe they don't even maybe he's not even available but would he interest you if if for say it's like a second and a third sure i mean the garoppolo thing yeah and i had on our the athletics uh 49ers insider matt barrows on on the podcast this week and we talked about that and yeah i mean he said it seems like it's headed to the direction of garoppolo getting traded but yeah you never say you never you never know for sure and i i've been saying all along i i wouldn't sure that Garoppolo would be available because I don't think Trey Lance is is ready from what things I had heard uh, going back to, you know, pre-draft that he would need more time and so on. Um, again, it's sort of like the Kirk Cousins thing. It's all relative. You're, he's not going to probably give you the ceiling to say, this guy will carry you to contender status. It's more like if you have the other pieces in place, this guy um, can be a good enough to get you there. For you know, I get it. Jimmy Garoppolo is not that exciting, but go look at the San Francisco 49ers record with and without him over the last yeah. few years. It's not like the other players. He gets hurt a lot. That's part of the issue. But the other players are still there, and the backups were coming in and not getting the job done. So um, I think Garoppolo is interesting enough, and if you're Washington, you, I think you absolutely have to consider it, depending on what the, what the price. A second and a third is not – nothing and you would have to extend him at that point because it's a big investment he's gonna he's basically making 25 million dollars a year this year even if you ex- go with that same figure a couple more years that's not nothing right you know i mean so um that that is significant uh there I, but i think it's open to consideration and just on the first round pick thing <laughs> because apparently everybody likes to miss uh misreport what i'm writing these days uh i wrote a story last week in which I said that uh, an executive for another team said Garoppolo is absolutely not worth a first round pick in his opinion. However, if you were Washington and you're looking at this draft thinking, I don't love these quarterbacks at 11, Jimmy Garoppolo would be better than that. So if your option is take a quarterback or 11 or use the pick to trade for Garoppolo, that you could justify it in some way. But he also said we we wouldn't do it and that he wouldn't do that. So yeah, I don't think anybody thinks a first round pick for Garoppolo. It's just the mindset of, what are we actually talking about here in terms of what are you going to use the pick for? Jameis Winston would be my preference. What say you? I was like Jameis. I thought last year, sort of the same thing. He would have been my, you know, sort of fun choice. Cause like, to me, like my point last year and it kind of played out, obviously the injury was what it is, but when you're going to take a swing on a guy who's not a big name, your hope is, can I, can I turn this player, not just into somebody who's competent, can he be the Ryan Tannehill kind of reclamation project for my team? Is there upside enough that if this player, because maybe he was drafted high, like a, like say a Mitch Trubisky was, or obviously Jameis Winston was the first pick in the draft when he came out, can this player somewhat get sniffed that, that range? Do they have the potential? And if they do, maybe it's worth it then to go there versus just sort of a guy who's maybe more solid, but doesn't take, doesn't raise 
the bar. And I think Jameis Winston is that. Now, he is coming off, of course, the the knee injury. And, you know, he was okay last year. I mean, he looked really good playing against Washington. But at the same time, yeah. So he would be interesting to me. I'm going to guess he stays with the Saints, even with Sean Payton gone. Um, so I guess we'll see on that. Maybe he goes back to Tampa Bay. He would be fun. I don't have an issue with him. Um, but I, I, I kind of had him lower on the list because I would just think maybe he's going somewhere else besides here. Uh, it's we. I think we assume that even with one of these guys, they'll take a quarterback at 11. Do they need to force quarterback at 11? I, I'd prefer not to. Do you think they see have identified a guy? I, I know we're early in the process, but do you think they like a guy, to me, the top three or – or Pickett, uh, Willis, and Corral? Do you think they prefer one over the other? Um, you know, I'm sure everybody, you know, it's like, you know, like I walk into Baskin-Robbins in my head, I have a favorite, but I walk up to the counter, I'm like, ooh, Rocky Road's looking pretty good today. So I don't know, maybe I'll switch it up. I, I, I would be surprised if they're locked in on anyone in particular, especially since if Rivera's the one making the call and he's late to the process because – of the fact that, you know, he was obviously coaching all year and he didn't go to the senior bowl. And I say he's making the call. I don't mean just arbitrarily. I just mean if he was ultimately the final decision maker, he needs to be more immersed to a degree than he probably has been. And there's still some time and the combine is coming up. So you got to go through the whole process here before making a call. I think, I think it probably comes down to if you want somebody who can come in and play right away, like if in the free agent or the veteran market, you know, you kind of, you get, I'm just making this name up. You know, you kind of get an Andy Dalton and you still have Heineke. I don't know. Maybe you won't, maybe like I, we need a rookie who can come in and play. And to me, that would be Kenny Pickett from what everybody from sources that I've talked to say, he, he's, he's the most experienced played five years at Pitt. Um, you know, good player. Uh, so that would be that. But if you're going to be like, Hey, we, we, we did get, you know, we, whatever, we feel pretty good about, we've got Mitch Trubisky. We feel pretty good about going with him this year. If we have to, we can have a Malik Willis sit for a year and learn the ropes, which is what I've heard people say as well. That like that's kind of where he needs to go, what he needs to do ideally, based on coming from Liberty to the NFL. Then, then you could go with go with that. I mean, I think to me though, the draft is secondary because obviously it comes after the veterans are available, and I just keep thinking that that's the way they're going to try to go. Again, they may not have many options. But at some point, if you make enough of an investment at that, then then spending the 11th pick on a quarterback, I'm not saying it, it's bad. I'm just saying, uh, you know, in the short term, I don't that, that that may not make a ton of sense. So I think we have to see what they do with the vets before we really know what they're going to think of quarterback in the draft. Uh, I got a couple names here that uh, are up for new contracts. Uh, curious if you've heard or your thoughts on them. McKissick, I'm surprised this hadn't been done yet. Um, you know, I think when, you know, when you're talking about any player, the allure of free agency is, is real, right? I mean, I, I'm not like saying they overpaid for Charles Leno, but they clearly were aggressive in saying to him, Hey, we want to get this done. And he concurred as well. And it happened. I mean, it was only a few days before the season ended, yeah. but it did happen. Same thing with Chase Rui the year before. But other than that, when a player gets to the end, I think there's, especially a guy like McKissick, who obviously he's coming off of the concussion. That, that hampered him towards the end of the year. And I'm not saying he's going to be the hottest running back available by any stretch in for agency, but I think he'll have some suitors. He clearly showed enough over, over the last two seasons in Washington that other teams are interested. So, you know, you get to a point, maybe you're like, Hey, we can, you know, unless Washington is going to just blow us away, maybe we wait and see. 
And so my guess is it's some of that, but my belief is that they still Washington very much wants to keep McKissick, and you know ultimately somebody you know somebody just has to decide um, you know if they want to get it done. Bobby McCain. Yeah, sort of the same thing. I mean, Rivera has Rivera praised Bobby McCain several different times. You know, last year, um, including to me before the season even started, about a guy that just was really standing out to him in training camp. I just think it's again sort of the same deal. I mean, they clearly, I think, want to keep him, but we've now reached this point where you know free agency is close, and I would imagine the player probably wants to uh, check it out and you know look for the team as well. And I have, I'll be honest, I have not dug into the free safety options yet in free agency to that degree, but maybe they're looking at it and saying, "Hey, we like Bobby McCain. There's also four other guys we're interested in. Let's get closer, see where we're at." But again, I think they do want to keep him, but nothing's happened yet. Obviously, is it, one last one on the quarterbacks. I just thought is Fitzpatrick not healthy? I mean, they were excited about him before the season, and now it's just a nothing. Um, I'm curious that there's no buzz about possibly bringing him back. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, I know it doesn't move the needle, but I'm surprised. Yeah, they were, excited, they were excited enough about him last year that you know I don't know what changed other than a hip injury. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know if there was like a falling out or something but there's been zero nothing talking i mean the what i look at things like in ron rivera's season ending press conference at that you can't rattle off the names of all your players that you were interested in but at the quarterback position when half the questions were asking her about the quarterback position he never once mentioned taylor heineke or ryan fitzpatrick by name and even right. at towards the end of the year when when we would ask for fitzpatrick updates it all it all felt very from a distance it did it, it's not like i don't think rivera one time said yeah, yeah, Ryan and I just talked and X, Y, Z. I, 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 I don't know. So, um, you know, and then even the fact that Fitzpatrick was at the Bills playoff game, um, shirtless there and all that, which is you know a fun deal, and that's kind of in yeah. brand for on brand for him, and that was a team, of course, that he played for. But at the same time, you know, I don't know. I didn't see him at any of the games here. Maybe he was, but I didn't. You know, we didn't see him. So this is the team that was paying him. So yeah, I, I think that ship has sailed. The question with him is just simply. Where's he at with his hip, and is he gonna, you know, play again for anybody? Ben, who's more frustrating to uh, kind of watch, follow, cover the uh, the Wizards or the Commanders? Um, yeah, it's funny. I was telling somebody the other day that when I was uh, freelancing, um, the the three teams that I covered the most. Well, I always covered the Nats a lot, but I, I was just there to babysit them. I wasn't really like reporting on anything for them, but the teams I was trying to like be a reporter on the most, the, the, the commanders, whatever they were called at any given moment in time, the wizards and Georgetown and what a debacle. I mean, if I was, if I was on that uh, train again, I mean, what a disaster across the board. Um, you know, the wizards are, it's just, I think the problem with the commanders is like, there's this, all this off the field stuff that, that just goes on. And with the Wizards, I mean, there has been some of that, but it's more garden variety, locker room strife, as opposed to Congress is getting involved, you know? Um, so, I, I look, I, I've been very clear on this for years. Ted Leontis is not interested in winning a title directly. He, of course, he wants to win. He's interested in making the playoffs. All their moves historically are based on becoming the eighth seed to generate that playoff revenue. If things work out beyond that, great. But he's not doing what's necessary for that. It's been the case forever. You know, I, I, I'm pretty good there. Here, with the, with, the, with this team, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just a different level of 
of, of, of frustration. And, you know, obviously we, we, you know, it all starts up at the top in the owner's box. And until that ever gets resolved one way or the other, I just, you know, it's just hard to look at this place completely seriously for, in terms of being a contender. I give Ron Rivera credit for trying to do the right things. And I think, you know, reasonably he's, he's doing fine. I quibble about things here, but like, <laughs> it, it's just a different, it's just a different feeling. The, the, the wizards are more lovable, head shaking moves whereas the the the, the commanders it's just got to be kidding me let's uh let's wrap with this did you like the porzingis trade it's interesting tommy does two things well right he sets himself up for trouble and then does a good job of kind of getting out of the trouble did you like the porzingis trade and are you excited about the idea of making brad the highest paid player in nba history yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's easy to use the rearranging the deck chairs on, on the Titanic deal. And to a degree, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I, I could be a little bit excited about it. I mean, Bertans was just rotting on the bench, and, and they couldn't use him because he uh, just defensively was just, especially in, in the playoffs last year, just was unplayable. Spencer Dinwiddie and Beal clearly did not get along. There was obvious tension in the air. I was not around the team nearly as much as I have been previously, but just watching it on TV, listening to their comments. I went to the last game they played at home before all the trades went down. There was something in the air that was off. Um, and Porzingis is the best player that was involved in any of the deals. He now plays here. And a Porzingis-Beal combo, if they're both healthy, is interesting. But I I still think it's like the same deal. Like their, their ceiling is like the sixth seed. I mean, Porzingis doesn't stay healthy. Dallas basically just said, here, we'll take your two bad contracts to get rid of a guy who was effectively their number two player or this viewed that way. That says something about where he's at in his career. And yeah, in terms of Beal, all the talk we've all had for the last couple of years about trading Beal, it's been because on some level, Beal is still viewed as a big asset. That won't be the case anymore once he signs, assuming he stays and takes the five-year Supermax contract. He'll still be a good player, an all-star level player, but that contract makes him basically the highest paid player in the league. That's now he's now over paid and you know, that that's going to lower his value in terms of anything else that may happen down the line. And he's not good enough to be your best player on a title team. So, um, you know, I think the Porzingis deal in a roundabout way in isolation, fine. seems like a reasonable shot. See what happens. But in totality, I, like I said, they, to me, they, they at some point they just have to assess or they have to recognize if we want to win a title, the best move is take the assets we have, effectively start over to a degree and go from there. But, you know, you got to put butts in seats or try to and try to get that playoff money. And that's or at least that's what the owner thinks. And that's what he's trying to do. Ben, the host of the Standing Room Only podcast, one of my favorite names for a podcast. What do you got coming up on the show? Uh, well, I, I just had one up, uh, I'm not sure when this is going to go up, but just on uh, Friday or Thursday afternoon, I put one up with, uh, like I said, our 49ers insider on Gar- Jimmy Garoppolo. And I had Michael Phillips on to talk to me about Crestgate, among other, uh, among other topics. They must uh, hate Dan so much. It would have been easy to let, I understand intellectual property, but it'd been so easy just to say, go for it. They must hate him so much. I don't know what's going on with that. It's crazy. Uh, and then, um, yeah, next week, you know, we'll have a lot more uh, stuff about the quarterbacks. Uh, my, my guy, Fred Katz, uh, used to cover the Wizards for the Athletic, I think is going to be on with me um, as well. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about Wizards. So always, uh, you know, it's a busy time of year. Combine's coming up, the draft, free agency. So lots to discuss. Very good. Thank you, Ben. You're the best.
Doug, man, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks. Yeah, man.